Welcome to Mind and Heart, a podcast by Trinity Christian School in Fairfax, Virginia. In this space, we explore our calling to raise up the next generation to be salt and light in the world. Hello, and welcome to Mind and Heart, a podcast by Trinity Christian School. I'm your host, Joe Wilbur, and today I'm sitting down with TCS alumna Lauren Allen. Since graduating from Trinity in 2021, Lauren is not only pursuing a degree at Duke University, but is also pursuing a life of Christian service. Today, she is going to talk to us about her experience serving in Africa this past summer, what it taught her about missional living, and how we as Christians can all live missionally wherever we find ourselves. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, I'm happy to be here. So can we start, just for people who might not have the pleasure of knowing you, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, both in terms of when you came to Trinity, how long you were here, and then also what you're up to now. I came to Trinity in seventh grade, and I graduated in 2021, so two years ago now. And now I'm a sophomore at Duke University, majoring in psychology with a minor in child policy. After college, I hope to work for International Justice Mission in their advocacy sector and just continue to spread the word about the awesome work that they're doing. Wow, that's amazing. Did you say child policy? Yes, child policy. What, if you could give a brief, like, two-sentence definition of what that means for people sure. who don't know? Yeah, it involves um, considering all the different policy that U.S. lawmakers are creating in relation to child and family welfare, especially when it comes to education, just ensuring that children are being raised and have the best chances for flourishing and development. Amazing. So I could see how that could tie into missions work. And, yes. Um, yeah, you seem like you definitely have a heart for justice and service. And I definitely want to ask you more questions about that. So before we do, what was it like transitioning from a private Christian school to a university like Duke? Was that challenging? Was there a little bit of a culture shock? There are definitely some challenges involved. It was a big switch in terms of just a wide variety of people that I was able to meet at Duke that had so many different beliefs and backgrounds compared to the people that I met at Trinity. It was not as difficult academically as I'd expected it to be, which is a huge blessing. I think that Trinity really prepared me well in terms of learning how to study well and take responsibility for time management and knowing how to write well was a huge impact that Trinity had on me. But overall, it was really exciting to go to a place like Duke and have the opportunity for a lot of freedom and kind of determining what you did during the day as college just lends well to in general. And getting to have try all the new opportunities, like so many different major options and a lot of good access to jobs and internships and just exciting chances to take advantage of during college. You know, it's interesting you mentioned just the ability to write well has really helped you in college. That is something that 100% of Trinity's alumni that I've spoken to have said. So I think that really just speaks highly to, to Trinity. And even if you go into a major that's more science or math based, communicating well is always so important in any field. So I love hearing that. What made you interested in going into psychology and particularly child, what is it? Child law, child policy. 
I've always just found the how humans function really interesting, especially when it comes to the development of humans. So I love studying psychology for that reason and just getting to understand more about how we work and how we tick as human beings, especially how that relates socially, why kind of we have the breakdowns in society that we do, but also how we help people out and how we build society. I find it really astounding the way that we're created. And so I love being able to study that and see how much more glory that it sheds on the one who created us. When it comes to child policy, I think that's really cool because it's a combination kind of studying child development, but also studying now these real world applications and policies that affect the general public. And so I like being able to study that and see how the things that I'm learning in psychology can also translate to the broader world out there and can impact so many children's lives on a really broad scale. Totally. And are those things that you sort of discovered you were interested in while at Trinity? Yeah, I actually discovered that I like psychology in high school. I was able to take a semester-long psychology course here at Trinity, and that was really exciting to kind of dip my toe in the water in that field. And so it was awesome to get to take a class then at Duke and see a little bit of overlap in material and feel really affirmed, um, and this being a subject that I enjoyed. Amazing. And then spiritually speaking, did you feel prepared going to a secular university, leaving Trinity? Yeah, I think Trinity did a really amazing job preparing me. There are definitely some difficulties. I really had to learn more, I think, how to talk to non-believers about my faith specifically. But going to Duke, I actually kind of felt something missing during the week and a little bit of an emptiness. And I realized it was actually because at Trinity, I'd been able to connect with so many Christian teachers and peers and had been so uplifted during the week in Christian teaching, whether it's strictly theological kind of doctrine, doctrinal teaching, or even just that like spiritual, like true encouragement in that daily prayer that we got to have. It was just so beautiful and impactful and encouraging in my day-to-day life. And at Duke, I really missed that. So it actually propelled me to I don't know, just enjoy church so much more than I ever had before and to really put time into my individual and daily study of the word and prayer life. And so that's something that Trinity really kind of instilled in me from the start. Well, that's great to hear and good to hear, too, that, you know, you face that you describe it as sort of an emptiness, which I can relate. There are definitely times in my life when I have felt that too, that you use that to sort of propel you and say, okay, how can I get involved in Christian community and in my church? I think that's really good and really healthy. Would you say that you had specific teachers or mentors here at Trinity who had a big impact on you spiritually? Mrs. Saunders is my basketball coach for many years. And through that relationship, it's been someone that I can go back to and text from time to time whenever I need encouragement. Someone who's always just been fun to talk to. And she certainly gave me a lot of confidence going into college because that's something that I lacked for (laughs) several years in high school. And so that was, it, it was nice to have her as someone who really believed in me and wanted to see me do great things. I understand you recently did some missions work. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what that entailed? Yeah, so this summer I got the opportunity to go to Ghana in West Africa for four weeks. That was a mission trip that I had heard about through my Christian ministry on Duke's campus. And we went there to be able to evangelize to other college students like us because they have a partner ministry in some universities in Ghana. So we did a little bit of evangelism through that. We also got to teach at an elementary school that was a Christian school established by someone we had already had a connection with. And so we got to meet a lot of children there and be able to share the gospel a little bit through that, but mostly just provide an aid to the teachers who were going to some teacher conferences during that time. And then the bulk of our mission was working with International Justice Mission and getting to know and getting to play with children who they had recently rescued from slavery as they're going through the therapy process. We were able to kind of provide a little bit of mentorship for that. 
Wow, that sounds really intense. And that's four weeks of your summer break, which, you know, that's a big ask for a young person. So I would love to know kind of what inspired you to take that on and to, you know, give up four weeks of you could be having fun doing whatever, but you want to go and work with these kids. What what made you want to do that? Um, I feel like I grew a lot spiritually during my first year at Duke. And so I really wanted to do something that gave back to the Lord a lot of what I felt I had gained. And I'd been just poured into so much by a lot of mentors and friends. And so I learned about this opportunity that my Christian ministry provides. There are a lot of different mission trips you can go on. And I'd known about International Justice Mission before through my family, and we do a lot of work with them. And so when I saw that International Justice Mission had a trip that was paired with my Christian ministry, I just thought it was the perfect kind of intersection of passions and joys of mine and allowed me to do really cool, different types of work, but all within the same mission. Mm, That's awesome. And I love how there's that draw, you know, once you realize how many people have poured into you and impacted you, it really opens your heart to want to do that for other people. I think that's such a beautiful part of being a Christian. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about, so you said you're working, you're working mainly with children who had been rescued from slavery. What is that like? What is it like to share the gospel with those people? Were there challenges that came with that? Exactly what kind of work were you doing with those children? Yeah. So one of the main components of our work involved play therapy, which is just being able to play fun games with them or, you know, blow bubbles with them and that kind of thing. But while in the midst of it, you're trying to demonstrate how an adult can love a child and not abuse them as they've been so used to and also work through any conflicts and healthy conflict resolution strategies because they haven't really been able to develop emotionally. All of the kids are between the ages of four and 16, so very young. Yes, very young children. And so, of course, like the youngest ones hadn't really had much of life lived outside of this slavery, which is a very difficult thing emotionally for us to comprehend and think about while on the trip. But it put us in a really neat position to hopefully demonstrate the first kind of outside knowledge of the world, and that was knowledge of Christians who were loving well and showing a good example of what it means to love one another. And at times they could be a little bit more aggressive. And so being able to resolve that conflict between them and teach them how to kind of forgive and talk peacefully with one another. And then just by us loving, you know, my fellow teammates on the mission was a great way to show this is how Christians live and this is how you deserve to be treated. Like this is not normal that you were abused as a child. And so and this kind of game therapy and being able to play with them, that was able to show the love of Christ. But we did also get to talk to them and share our favorite Bible verses. And we had one thing that we repeated, which was, I am safe, I am known, I am loved. That was very much a new physical truth for them for some of the first times in their lives that they're really um, safe, known, and loved. But that is also a spiritual truth for all of us. And so it was even like power. I teared up the first time that I was saying it over and over again wow. because it was really just that simple repetition drove it into my heart that I was safe, known, and loved because I have a God who will never never leave me. And so even for the children that were younger and probably didn't fully understand that yet, it was amazing to be able to bring that to them as well um, and say that no matter how imperfectly we can love you and keep you safe and know you, there's a God who also does that perfectly. 
Well, that sounds like it was so impactful. I'm sure, obviously, for those kids, how powerful that the way you're sharing the gospel with them is primarily showing them, right? Scripture says they'll know we are Christians by our love. So yes, telling them the gospel verbally, sharing your favorite Bible verse with them, but just loving them well, just interacting with them in a kind, positive way. I mean, I think that's huge. And our actions always speak louder than words. So I don't know, do you have any examples of stories from that time or ways that you really saw God at work? Yeah, I just remember one moment when we were repeating that I'm safe, I'm known, I'm loved. We actually had motions to go with it. So when we were safe, we'd put top our hands on our shoulders. When we said, I am known, we'd stomp our feet twice. And when we said, I am loved, we'd kind of tap our head twice. Just something to go along with it. And there was a boy who was deaf in the group as well. And so he didn't necessarily know what we were all saying, but he would volunteer to kind of lead the group in saying this. And he would do all the motions and we'd go along with him. And he had one of his friends there kind of translate the words for him. And so it was really cool just to see that everyone, no matter in what ways they expressed it, was able to have access and understand exactly how much God loves them because he is truly a God for everyone and seeing these young children embrace that no matter kind of who they were, where they're from, was really beautiful. Yeah, and the power of the Holy Spirit to transcend those things that the devil tries to use as barriers, right? Like, how can I communicate with this person who we have different ability levels, who's maybe deaf? How Christ can overcome that in such beautiful ways. Are there other ways that you really saw God at work or that you felt like during that time you really saw God's hand? Yeah, I would definitely say that a lot of the children, they had been away from home a really long time, but actually three of the kids were able to go back to their families after being there for two years. Um, IJM is constantly working on these cases. After they rescue the children from slavery, they often are able to then apprehend their masters as well. And so they work on getting these cases pushed through to the courts. And so these three children, the person that had been taking advantage of them for so long, justice was finally served and he was put in prison. And so it was safe then to return to their families at that point. And so while it was very sad for everyone there because they had kind of become a family, and even for us who had only known them for two weeks, it was sad to see them go. It was also a huge moment of celebration because they were finally able to return to their families. And so we had a beautiful circle of prayer time just to be able to pray over them and to bless their futures. And one boy kept declaring over and over how how much he hoped to become a pastor once he graduated from school. And so it was really a full circle moment to see how God had saved his life from this terrible situation and just like unimaginable pain to go through. And he had found such a family and a community through this IJM home. And then also on top of that, a blessing of being able to go home and that the impact of IJM doesn't just end with saving someone's life, but now also it's spreading the gospel perhaps to the people that this boy grew up around as he becomes a pastor, hopefully one day. And if not, it's still a beautiful picture just being able to celebrate that these children are now going back home and how full this restoration is. Wow, what a picture of Christ too. Just even that imagery of going back home. It's like, yeah, that's just so amazing. It reminds me of even just stories of Jesus we read in the Bible too. You know, he heals someone and what do they immediately do? They want to go and tell everybody about it. And that's really how it should be. Exactly. Uh, how cool to see that with your own eyes up yes. close in person. <laughs> so when you came back, obviously it was only four weeks, not a super long time, but a good, you know, nice long mission. And it sounds like a time of probably great emotional pain. You mentioned those are difficult emotions to grapple with, dealing with 
innocent children who had been enslaved and also great joy. What was it like coming back from that and going back to sort of the monotony of everyday life? Was that a weird emotional transition? Like, what's yeah, that like? It was very, very difficult. Thankfully, our group did a good job of kind of discussing both culture shock of coming back to America in general and also that emotional shock of leaving a time of a lot of emotional highs and lows. But it was still difficult the first several days and weeks being back because it's kind of it's a huge experience that I had. And at times it felt like nobody really understood the gravity or magnitude of it, of course. But yeah, overall, it was something that I just had to continue to process by myself, but also that I got a lot of joy from sharing with other people around me. And I'm very thankful for my family and friends who were so excited to hear about the ways that God had worked during our trip. And that helped a lot with being able to kind of grapple with the emotions and experiences that I had had, was just reflecting on all the work that God had done while not missing the reason for the work, that there's still a lot of pain and problems in the world that I hopefully will have the honor to be able to continue to work through when I'm older. But it's just such a joy to be able to kind of share the highs yeah. of the trip with other people. Absolutely. And it blesses them too. Even just today, Lauren spoke in Alumni Chapel and she got to speak to all of our upper school students about her time in Ghana. And I know it blessed them. It definitely blessed us. So we dragged her on the podcast. <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing about that. And wh- what would you say, you know, other than sort of sharing about the trip. What is something, what is maybe a big takeaway, something that you learned in those four weeks? Maybe something that you realized or that God opened your eyes to that has now changed the way you live your life just in everyday situations. One of the biggest things is prayer and the way that I pray has changed since going on the trip. It was four weeks long, which felt long kind of in the midst of it, but by the end, it felt very, very short. And I felt like there wasn't, you know, I was like, what did we truly accomplish? Looking back on it, there is plenty of good work done. But at the same time, I recognized just how important it was to continue to pray for all of the college students that we had conversations about Jesus with and to pray for all the children that were still going through the therapy and who were looking forward to going home and all the children still to be rescued by IJM and just trusting in that power of prayer and that God is still working through others, you know, with or without me, it's really important to trust in and to believe that the prayers that I pray can actually make a difference in the world. It's something that really continues to give me hope no matter kind of the situation that I'm in. I would also say that my concept of the abundance of God has really increased and grown since this time. As reflecting kind of on the fullness of the restoration of the children that kind of are rescued by IJM and then also able to go home. I thought a lot about the way that God has rescued us, but then on top of that offers personal relationship with us and then eternal life as well. And there are just so many heavenly and earthly treasures that he gives us. It's really brought a new joy to my life that I can live with every day because I know it's just, there's so much greatness to be able to understand and that we have already been given through Jesus. Wow, you are preaching today. I mean, you're bringing the word. I love that. That was so beautifully put. Yeah, I think there's something so special about that joy. That's something the Lord's been putting on my heart recently. Like he sustains us with joy. He gives us joy. Even when we see or encounter really difficult, challenging circumstances, like I can't think of anything worse than child slavery, Um, just the joy he gives us and glimpses of hope and knowing that he's there and he loves us abundantly and provides for us. You know, as Christians, we talk a lot about service. I think that word gets thrown around a lot. But as somebody who 
has really walked the talk. Um, how would you define service? What does service really mean to you? And why is it so important? Service, I would say, is using your passions and talents to do things for others for the glory of God. If it's not for God, I feel like it's not true service and it can't make the same spiritual impact at all. But it involves being able to count others as more important than yourselves and having that humility to say, wow, God has saved me from so much and has blessed me with so much. And I'd like to be able to demonstrate to others that I (laughs) recognize this fact and that there is a God who'd like to do the same to them. And so whether it's physical service or spreading the gospel, it doesn't necessarily have to involve like the words of the gospel and it can still be service to others by demonstrating God's love for you as kind of an overflow of what you've experienced. Well, and too, again, it does bring to mind Jesus's own time of service. You know, what did he preach at the people and not care about them. No, he healed them. He gave them food to eat. He provided for their physical needs as well and cared for them through service. You know, he washed the disciples' feet. So many examples. I mean, the ultimate service of his sacrifice on the cross, he's really what we look to to understand service, right? So what would be your advice to Christians who want to step into service more? Maybe they're afraid or they don't know how to get started. One thing I would say is to really look at what your passions are and your talents, because that's one thing that can so easily then lend to service. I believe you can serve in any position, in any job, really. And so offering those things up to God and saying, God, how can you use me? Please show me ways to serve. Please give me eyes to see others in need or things that can be done and give me the humility to actually then go and do it, I think is a really important first step into service. It can be difficult sometimes to be like, okay, yes, I guess I'll do this thing. But if you're really looking at the passions and talents that God has given you, then it's a lot easier to go through that and you'll probably make the biggest difference too. Mm, Absolutely. Because I think I'm convicted that the Lord doesn't just give us the talents that he gives us so that we can enjoy them. Yeah, let's share it with other people. That's what it's for, um, to bring him glory, not glory to ourselves. So very beautifully put. Well, anything else that you would want to add maybe that I didn't ask you that I should have? Uh, One of my favorite sayings is that a gospel life is lived out of an astonished heart, which just means that a life that's lived in service of others and that demonstrates the fruit of the Spirit can only be done through a heart that's been convicted by the grace of God. And so I just pray for you all that you'd be able to more and more daily just see how much love God has for you personally and just the way that He desires to get to know you more. And so I pray that you all would just have your eyes open to the love of God and that that would compel you to into service for others. Well, thank you so much for that prayer. And thank you so much for coming on our podcast today and sharing with us just some wisdom and how the Lord has moved in your life. And thank you so much for everything you're doing for the kingdom. Of course. Yeah. It's fun talking to you today. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Mind and Heart, a podcast by Trinity Christian School. If you enjoyed this conversation, leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. It helps us so much. For more information, visit us at www.tcsfairfax.org.